The podcast Arts at Nine is coming to you from the Sudbury Theatre Centre in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. It was originally broadcast on the community radio station CKLU 96.7. Weekly, STC Artistic Director John McHenry and I, Judy Strawn, delve into the art scene in Sudbury with interviews, music by local musicians, shout-outs to local artists, and, of course, a fascinating featured guest. Today is a special New Year's broadcast featuring the entire Sudbury Theatre Centre staff. John McHenry, Chelsea Papineau, Dennis Cropper, Kelly Para, Ralph McIntosh, and Ben Whiteman. The music throughout the show is various versions of that song we love to sing New Year's Eve, Old Lang Syne. It's sure to put you in the mood to welcome 2021. Happy New Year, everyone, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Arts at Nine on CKLU Radio, coming to you from Sudbury, Ontario, Canada, at this festive time of year. I'm your host, Judy Strawn, and sitting across from me and ready to celebrate <laughs> is John McHenry, Artistic Director of the Sudbury Theatre Centre. Good morning, John, and Happy New Year. Judy, good morning and Happy New Year to you, too. Well, thank you. 2021 is going to be a big year for the Sudbury Theatre Centre. Well, it turns the same age as you, 50 this year. <laughs> exactly. Oh, to be 50 again. Oh, to be 50 again. Now, that is worth celebrating both you and the Sudbury Theatre Centre. What are a few things that you think are really noteworthy in this last 50 years? Well, you know, it, it's remarkable that a small core group of people came together with this idea of a professional theatre company in Sudbury and did it. 50 years ago. That's mm -hmm. just amazing. And of course, the building is a huge landmark. Absolutely. And the brilliance of <clears throat> this building having a fly tower, that oh, was so unusual. Totally. You know, purpose built for less than 300 seats and to have a fly tower. Mm -hmm. I, I always said they went up instead of going down, putting in like an orchestra pit. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's remarkable. For those listening who don't know what a fly tower is, maybe you should explain <laughs> that one. Well, a fly tower is when we can lift the scenery from the stage all the way up in, into the gods. So it's as, as much as you see from the, the deck of the stage to the top of the proscenium arch, it's that high again mm -hmm. above the stage. And theaters were not doing that in 1980-82. They were putting their money elsewhere. They so were. hooray Tony Lloyd and that original group. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And of course, and, and just, just by by making it to 50 years. We're so lucky. Oh, absolutely. Theatres theaters come and go at let's, the drop of a hat almost. Let's not talk about <laughs> no, theatres coming and going. Um, John, today we are going to be focusing on the Sudbury Theatre Centre and focusing on the staff of the Sudbury Theatre Centre, beginning with you, Artistic <laughs> Director John McHenry. Um, yes. When, you, when did you start? When, when were you, did you become Artistic January the 1st, 2018. So three years going into my fourth oh year. Oh my gosh, that's going quickly. I know. I don't know where. I I don't know where it's mm -hmm. gone. When you take over a new job, mm. I don't care who you are. You always seem to have big dreams. Did you have big dreams at that point or not? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the biggest. Absolutely, the biggest. You know, I I wanted to do the big musicals again. Well, those dreams were soon quashed mm -hmm. because. We just don't have the money, mm -hmm. the money, mm -hmm. and the budget to do it. So I don't think you've got people to realize how mm. expensive that so is. So expensive. 
so expensive and even more expensive than you know back in the day when Tony did them mm -hmm. and things change people mm -hmm. change mm -hmm. so yeah so those dreams went out the window very fast but we you know but we do the smaller musicals mm -hmm. and you know with with some great actors and it's 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 working out mm -hmm. It is, and I think we of an age miss the big ones more maybe than the younger people. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think we who lived through the big ones will, yes. will always oh, absolutely. miss them. But even, even though we lived through them, wouldn't it be great to see Oklahoma or The Sound of Music or The King and I or <laughs> yes, any of those? All done with three people. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the concert version. <laughs> the concert version. <laughs> Uh, you are still coming into work Monday to Friday. There are no shows going on. There's no season, as with every single That's theater right. in Canada. So what are you doing Monday to Friday? Well, you know, there's a, there's a few of us that, that are still coming in. Um, and we're keeping the place ticking. You know, people have rented the building. We just had Yes Theatre with Bed and Breakfast. You were here with The Case of the Missing A.Y. Jackson, Sudbury Celebration of the Arts. Black Lives Matter, people are using the building. And I'm busy working on hopefully next season that we will put the 50 people in the audience aside. We will be able to come back mm -hmm. with full houses. Um, so I'm working on putting that season together. We're all, we're all with you and we've got our fingers crossed just oh like goodness. you. Today is our New Year's Eve show, uh, December 30th, but sort of New Year's Eve for us. I have a, a New Year's pop quiz question for you that I think you can handle, pretty sure. The tune or melody for Auld Lang Syne came from a hundreds-year-old ballad from which country? France, Scotland, Spain, Italy. Mm. Well, it has to be Scotland. Well, well I was kidding there, Judy. I oh, was trying okay. to be funny. For a, for a minute, I thought, <laughs> he has no idea. And no, he's from the British say, Isles. Tempted to say Italy, but it's Scotland. <laughs> okay, then who wrote the words? Robbie Burns. Oh, you know I it I won't even think about that one. Scotland is so close to, to England, you know all it the is. words. So you are too smart, and that's why you're artistic director. <laughs> what STC staff member are you going to introduce first, Well, John? you know, it's Chelsea Papineau. Mm. She... Her day job is with CTV, where she is a digital specialist for the news. But then she comes on the weekends to teach the youth drama classes here at STC. And does a fantastic job. As you go out and uh, find Chelsea and usher her to her seat, let's hear a bit of Auld Lang Syne by the Scottish Maeve McKinnon and the Pipers of the World. Sure. 
You're listening to Arts at Nine, the New Year's celebration with the Sudbury Theatre Center staff. In front of me is youth drama instructor extraordinaire, I will say, <laughs> Chelsea Papineau, who has led the program for over 15 years now. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you, Judy. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. What was your personal journey in theater before you got here to the Sudbury Theatre Centre? That's a really good question. Uh, my first foray into theater was I played Baby Jesus when I my first Christmas, and I'm told that I cried through the entire thing. So stealing that spotlight, you know, that's been my, my go-to. But I, I've been involved in drama a little bit throughout school, and interestingly enough in high school theater wasn't my my scene and uh, I was waiting for a friend who wanted to audition for the school musical uh, one day after school and so I was sitting in the auditorium watching her audition and the drama teacher approached me and said oh did would you like to audition and I said oh no thank you very much but it's not really my thing and um, I got to talking and uh, he convinced me to audition and I ended up getting a part as one of the uh, the ensemble, and my friend didn't. <laughs> so that was a, it was a very interesting uh, thing. And so then I was hooked, and I loved performing, and uh, I love the musicals. And I ended up going um, to school in Los Angeles, California, and I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And uh, interesting story about that as well. Um, I didn't actually book my own audition. My roommate at the time, um, had we missed the Portland auditions and she said oh I've booked you in for the the next audition but it's in Vancouver BC and I was living in Portland Oregon at that time so it was quite a drive so I went up there I auditioned on a whim and ended up getting a scholarship wow so but you know Chelsea you must have even if you didn't recognize it you had to have had that passion or why would you bother even going and go, you know, all that trouble. It was very interesting. Um, I think maybe it has, uh, theater, you have to have a certain self-confidence, and um, that's really tricky when you know all eyes are on you, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it, it's something that I loved, but I, I wasn't necessarily always seeking mm-hmm. out. So you've been here for over 15 years at the Sudbury mm-hmm. Theater Center, sharing all of that talent <laughs> with the students. What has kept you here for that long? Honestly, it's the kids. They are so creative and smart and funny, and it's magical. Mm -hmm. These Saturday mornings, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I'd like to sleep in, but their joy and their passion gets me up every Saturday morning and working with them, whether it's a a theater exercise or a game and Mm -hmm. their excitement, just watching them learn and grow Mm -hmm. has been such a pleasure and such a joy. It's sometimes, uh, as a teacher, you're wanting to teach them so many things. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of boiled it right down to that one or two most important things you do in the youth drama classes, what would that be? So for me, it's being okay with who you are, being authentic. Um, And what is so cool is to see so many different kids either, you know, coming in with a lot of confidence or somebody that's hiding under a chair to have each person grow in their own personal way is so exciting and just to be comfortable with a room of people that you didn't know before Mm -hmm. and um, I think that's the biggest thing. If I asked you give me quickly one student that brief story of one student after all these years who would your brain settle on like right now? Well right now it would be my uh, student Abby. 
Um, she is absolutely incredible, and she's on the autism spectrum. And she came in with uh, just a goal of just watching to see what the kids were doing. And she's been with me for a couple of years now. And after a couple of years, just this last session, she actually uh, worked on a scene with another student. Wow. Yeah. There aren't many people in life who get to see that kind of pro progress, so you must feel wonderful. Um, how has it been teaching under the COVID protocols? I was really uh, nervous to uh, to see how it was going to play out. Um, the theater staff was great. John and Ralph both made sure that not only I was safe, but also the students were safe. And there was no issues. The kids followed all the safety things that we've put in front of them, wearing masks, using the sanitizer, um, physically distancing in the theater. and. They've just been happy to be back and happy to kind of resume some sort of normal activity. Mm -hmm. It's funny how resilient kids are, too. Mm -hmm. I think we worry sometimes uh, more than the students do. They just take it as, well, I guess that's what we're doing right now, and we'll make the best of it. So good mm -hmm. for you um, mm -hmm. for working with them on that and making <laughs> it all happen. Uh, your next classes begin when? In January. January 9th, I believe. Mm -hmm. And yeah. probably... Filled to the brim, or do you know? I guess Ralph would know that answer. I'm not sure. We were filled to the brim. We did have a waiting list in September. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't sure how it was going to go. Um, I'll ask Ralph that one when he takes the chair in a few minutes. Good idea. <laughs> Chelsea, if I could wave a magic wand mm -hmm. and you could have a New Year's dinner with anybody, any actor, any director, any singer in the entire world what comes to mind first or does anything come to mind oh my gosh there's that that would be so hard to pick one mm -hmm. but I think uh my first pick would be Lin-Manuel Miranda for sure oh <laughs> you'd have to have a long dinner to pick his brain for those who aren't familiar with that name tell uh, tell everyone who he is if they don't know Lin-Manuel Miranda is famous for um, writing directing acting in Hamilton uh, which has been on Broadway for years he's a brilliant writer um, he's done other things but that's what he's most famously known for Exactly. It, it's sort of you come on the scene, but people don't realize you've been working on coming on that scene for the last 20, <laughs> 20 to 30 years. But all of a sudden, he is a household name, brilliant, and, and really kind of, I don't know why, but looks like a nice person. He just seems like really fun. Um, and I've read some of his other scripts, and he just has a brilliant mind. Mm -hmm. I would love to just have one evening have a drink with him I'm with you I'd like to sit underneath the table I won't make any noise so when you're having that dinner I won't say a thing thank It'll be you our secret. <laughs> thank you Chelsea Papineau uh, STC and the kids are really absolutely fortunate to have you as part of the group happy new year to you and to your family to your lovely daughters who have been your assistants in your classes happy new year and now Another version of Old Lang Syne, this time by the ever-sexy Rod Stewart. May he never grow old. <laughs> Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in the days of old Lang Syne Far old Lang Syne, my dear Far old Lang Syne 
was sexy Rod Stewart and whatever he sings is okay by me. You're listening to Arts at Nine. I'm Judy Strawn and in front of me is the Director of Administration of the Sudbury Theatre Centre, Dennis Cropper. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Thank you so much, Judy. What does it mean to be Director of Administration? What's that job? Oh, um, well, how I kind of like to describe it is I like to break it down into three parts. So I am the money person, the policy person and the people person. So I, um, with John's artistic vision, I take his vision and I translate it into financials. Um, And then the next part, I manage and oversee the box office. Um, And then I also um, write and ensure that safety policies are being followed in, in the theater. And then I oversee the patron services. So um, the moment a patron walks through our door till they leave, um, I'm in charge of making sure that that um, environment is inviting um, for them every single time they walk in. So that's a multifaceted job. What part do you like best? Oh, that's, that's, that's a toughie. Um, I'm going to have to say the people part. Um, and I, I think that's really the heart of our theatre. Um, you know, I know so many people by their first names now. Um, when I see someone walk into this theater, I, I know their story. Mm. Um, and, and it's always a nice smile and, uh, yeah. How many years have you been with the Sudbury Theatre Centre? Just over three years now. So I actually started off, I, um, was offered a position and they said, we really want you to come and work for us. Um, and I started in box office and... Now I'm the director of admin. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting because I think it is important to do all of those jobs. I, mm-hmm. I know prior to you uh, with Kathy Heinbecker, who was here for 
28 years. There wasn't a job she hadn't done in the entire building, and she felt comfortable walking into the shop or grabbing a paintbrush. So I think I think that mm-hmm. that puts you in good stead if you have done all those jobs. Absolutely, and I think that translates to any organization mm-hmm. really. Um, you know, I've, here I can do box office, front of house, um, finances, audience services, and I like to also take the time to learn what my colleagues do. Um, so, for mm-hmm. example, for Ben, our technical director, I like to come in and see what he's doing so I can understand um, his day-to-day work mm-hmm. and appreciate what he does as well. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, the technical people in the theater are often the most unappreciated unappreciated because the audience doesn't see what they do. Mm-hmm. They do the magic, then they step back and someone else gets the bows. So it's important to know what they do. Um, you're out talking to patrons all the time during the shows. You're meeting them. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you hear from the patrons at the Sudbury Theatre Centre? What's typical? You know, um, over the w- past while, what I, I think really stands out to me is the people that have been um, long-time subscribers. And what they always say is when they walk in here, they feel like they're at home. Um, you know, they, they have so many memories and so many stories. And I love listening to them. I can listen to them for hours. But then I have to scoot them into the show. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. got to go. You got to go. Um, but that's what I really hear um, pretty much every day from our patrons just how this is home to them well that's good to hear yeah. because that's a i'm glad you didn't say well they're always complaining about <laughs> <laughs> that well, too well, but that too. Oh, well. <laughs> um last year you were in theater cambrian's annie and annie was on stage at the sudbury theater center and john McHenry was the director now i want to know I'm nobody else will hear this. Okay. Was John McHenry the kind of director who made you everybody cry and want to quit and he rented and he raved and he frothed at the mouth? Was that John? No, not <laughs> at all. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of different directors and um, I was really looking forward to working with John because I didn't know what was in store for me. Um, and what I really enjoyed about working with him was that he allowed me and others to take risk um, and make mistakes, um, and then and then to pull us aside and say, "This is what I saw. Let's learn from this." Um, and from day one, from the first rehearsal, it was um, a good feeling mm-hmm. every time we walked in. Um, and and my daughter was a part of it too, and my oldest son. Um, and it, he had been in shows before. It was my daughter's first big show, and um, she loved working with John. Well, that and you know, uh, when you're describing John, there's a certain even keel to what he does. He can be angry and frothing at the mouth, and uh, and really, he keeps. He's not one who has temper. He he. Mm-hmm. And I think to have a director that has an even keel and leads the way is uh, probably what you'd look for Absolutely. in every director. Let's imagine that John McHenry will do any show, Dennis, that you want. Mm-hmm. Not only will he do any show you want but you're going to get the lead in that show. Oh, yes, I see the eyes going. I see, hmm. So what do you think would interest you? What show and what role for Dennis Cropper? You know what? I, um, I would want to reprise my role in a show that I did before. Um, and having a director like John, I think the show would be completely different. Um, 
would be Les Mis. So I played Jean Valjean in Les Miserables. Um, but I think having John's artistic vision would make the entire thing different. Um, and, and I'm older now too, right? So I did it when I was in my, my 20s. I'm in my 30s now. Um, and I think the meaning to Les Mis um, would be a lot different for me now being a father. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm buying a ticket for that show. <laughs> Charge me what you want. I'm coming. Thank you, Dennis Cropper, Director of Administration at the Sudbury Theatre Centre, for coming on to Arts at Nine today. Happy New Year, Dennis, to you and your family. To you too, Judy. And now, yet another version of Old Lang Syne, this one by Susan Boyle, the hit of Britain's Got Talent 11 years ago. Will we ever forget Susan Boyle's performance that night? Not even Simon Cowell could believe her beautiful voice. Here's Susan Boyle. Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to in front of me is Kelly Para, vocal instructor who teaches both out of her house and here at the Sudbury Theatre Centre. She arranges all the voices of the rock concerts here at the Sudbury Theatre Centre and she was part of that awesome show, Pink Floyd's The Wall at STC last winter. Welcome to the show, Kelly Para. Thank you very much, Judy Strand. I see you just, as soon as I mentioned that show, you just sort of rolled your eyes <sighs> and oh, what do you remember most about that show? Oh my gosh, just the the 
wonderful experience of being on a big stage like that with that awesome group. Uh, they've been playing together for, I think, over 20 years as a collective, and to be a part of that on the STC stage was awesome. And frankly, right now, I'd go on stage and sing, you know, serial jingles if I got to perform. So mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. it'd be wonderful to do a show like that again soon. And it was such an audience pleaser. Boy, you sold tickets. Oh, did we ever, yes. Uh, the Wall is an iconic um, rock opera and mm -hmm. uh, definitely very well received by Sudbury audiences. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So one of the things we've been listening to today over and over again, because Ben insisted we play Old Lang Syne as many <laughs> times as we could, um, we've been listening to that. Have you ever had to sing that? You know what? I have. Um, and I can't remember for specifics. I think probably a few New Year's parties I've gigged at over the years, as well as a few family get-togethers where we tried to find as many verses. There are many, many verses to that song, and we would try to get through ye old English in it and read as many of them as we could and decipher what they might mean. Some are a little interesting. But Only I love it. I in love the para family would that happen. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> Music nerd city in there, yeah. Uh, Kelly, you sing so many styles of music yourself, you know, jazz to classical, you, you do it all rock. Uh, do you have a favorite? Oh my goodness. Um, hmm. Probably my favorite thing to sing in the whole world is, uh, to this day, is singing Queen. I do a, a Freddie Mercury uh, tribute performance as a drag king and I sing the Queen live and that Nothing makes my heart sing more than uh, belting out some Queen with my mustache glued on. That is my joy. I'm privileged, <laughs> I'm privileged to have seen that performance. <laughs> However, I was backstage, so I only ever saw the backside of you. So someday oh, I'd like to see it from the front. Absolutely. Yes, I'd love that. Um, over the years, what are some of the secrets that you have learned to teaching kids vocal music, especially here at the Sudbury Theatre Centre, because you have to have some tricks to be able to do that effectively. Well, I, uh, first of all, I love it. Every single moment getting to work with uh, young talent is a joy for me. Um, I also approach it with the philosophy of every voice is a snowflake and unique to the individual, and every voice has something to contribute, and every voice can sing. As long as it's from the heart and you're loving it, it, uh, it connects and it lands, and I encourage uh, kids to just explore their voices and enjoy whatever music they like. Um, I also like to really touch on several different genres in every session with the kids because maybe somebody's never even tried to sing a folk song or a country song or a, a hip-hop piece or something. They, they might not have even known that that's their genre. That's their style. That's where their voice sits. Um, and also, I just really love to honor um, performers where they're at, be, the, mm -hmm. be they young or old. Uh, it's really because if you're not connected to the music, if it doesn't mean something to you, if you don't love it, then you could have the most beautiful voice in the world and it just sounds like you're singing a grocery mm -hmm. list, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. If you love that music, y your audience will love it too. I'm just wondering because I've had this experience in life where the person who can't sing, who really, really can't sing, loves it so much they sing the loudest. Yes. So what do you do? <laughs> What's the trick? Well, when we're talking about a group of children, if that especially is, is the case, the little ones love to just belt it out, uh, and, they, and they don't have that, uh, that little bit of uh, inhibition that tells them, you know, ooh, maybe I'm a little louder than the others and a little off-key. Um, I just encourage the listening. Uh, if you're singing too loudly, you can't uh, hear the others around you to blend and you also might not be able to hear your track appropriately or your accompaniment appropriately uh, and that usually you know if I 
I do a lot of pointing to my ears, especially if we're working in harmony with little kids. We really have to have them uh, listening in and paying attention. And that usually helps a little bit. The, the, the most enthusiastic are also the ones who are enthusiastic to take direction and, and be the best they can be. You're so wise. <laughs> I'm now replaying all of the wrong things I said all the time to try to get that loud singer to be. <laughs> and and they they never forget that they were that they were told to be quiet or they never forget that. It's a horrible thing to say to somebody. It's a tricky thing when you're working with a voice because it's it's so personal. It is mm -hmm. you. It is it's mm -hmm. your your very self that you're giving uh, to the world. And so I really try to be very diplomatic and extremely careful uh, with the youth when we're talking about mm. their voices because I don't want to be that that person who sort of crushed them so they never open their mouth mm -hmm. again it's it's really all about lifting up in a really encouraging way even if it's sometimes to be like oh right here maybe this this piece needs a little bit of mm -hmm. of piano treatment right there maybe bring that volume down well and people listening right now they're probably saying that Kelly Para is the one who's going to teach my child because oh, you've my got goodness. right you've got the right touch well I love it um, I love Kelly it. I'm going to wave my magic wand and you are now going to be allowed to do a concert with any singer in the world that you would like. Who will you do the concert with? Alive, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I was going to say concert. too much. No, no, no. Too much. I'm we have to plan this concert, a live concert. Okay, 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 okay. Who okay, will it okay, be? Okay. What style of music will it be? <sighs> well, I really, my first instinct, of course, is always to say like Joni Mitchell, because well, Joni Mitchell, right? But if I was going to put on like a concert... I might say Stevie Wonder because the best concert I ever saw in my life, and I have seen, I saw Prince, I saw David Bowie, I saw the police reunion, I have seen some concerts, uh, but Stevie Wonder played for three hours without taking a break and everyone was in tears and overwhelmed by the incredible outpouring of artistry and just the level of talent on that stage, every single artist on that stage was incredible and it was just three hours of nonstop catching your breath because wow. it was so perfect, so such a, an incredible uh, presentation. It was overwhelming, and I think if I ever got the chance, I'd just sing backup. I'd sing one note backup just to be on that stage. Okay, well you hold the fall open. We'll be approaching him and see if we can get a concert going with you and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> can you imagine? <gasps> uh, Kelly Para, <laughs> all the best to you and your family this New Year's. I know that you'll be making the best of everything, even with the current situations. Thank Happy you. New Year, Kelly. Happy New Year, Judy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And here's a bit of New Year's nostalgia. How long since any of us have heard good old Bing Crosby? Wait no longer. Bing Crosby is here to sing Old Lang Syne. Good old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old Lang
Crosby. Those were the days, my friend. And sitting across from me is the guy who I think could imitate Bing Crosby huh. for Old Lang Syne, Ralph McIntosh, Education Coordinator at the Sudbury Theatre Center. Welcome to the show, Ralph. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. So, uh, Bing Crosby, you think you can do it? That's, that's funny. When you, were, when you were playing that one, I thought, oh, she played Rod Stewart for the younger people, and I got <laughs> Bing Crosby. So, anyway, yeah, I, I, I used to... I, I love that uh, we have his Christmas album we play it every Christmas. Yeah. What is it that makes his voice different it, or special? What is it? So it's just so mellow. Uh, Bing Crosby and um, and uh, Mel Torme, you know, they just had that that just that bel- they called Mel Torme the Velvet Fog, but he had that lovely just mellow mellow tone. So it just it, uh, my, Michael Bublé is mm-hmm. today's version of that. He's just got a lovely smooth just such a smooth voice well it was so wonderful listening to bing crosby and i i feel like if anybody can do it ralph you can do it so work on it we'll do this next okay, year we'll yeah, have, have the live concert lately, but anyway have you ever had to do old lang syne at a public performance uh yeah i'm sure we, we used to have uh when i was growing up as a, as a teenager in toronto uh my father used to organize new year's eve parties at our church so for several years, in the church basement, we'd have, I don't know, 40, 50 uh, older folks, you know, church folks, who would come there for New Year's Eve, and we would do lots of singing and playing games and so on. And I'm sure at one of those events, we must have sang Old Lang Syne every year, right? So. You, you probably did. Yeah. And uh, probably a lot before midnight. It wouldn't be at midnight, uh, would it? Well, you know, I, I don't remember whether we all stayed up till midnight or not. I know in recent years we haven't been staying up till midnight, my wife and I, so. I know it, when my mother was in the senior home, we would go at 7 p.m. was when, the you know, our, our midnight. Yeah. And then one year we went at 7 and there was no one around. And we said, <laughs> where is everyone? And they said, oh, we had it at 5 o'clock. 7 was getting to be <laughs> too earlier. late. Yeah. So yeah. I, I imagine somehow you were a child, not at midnight in your church. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. Uh, Ralph, as education coordinator, you've been working on the classes now. How is it going for January? Is everything okay? Uh, yes, I heard you talking to Chelsea earlier, and I let her know as she was leaving that uh, we have at least two classes for sure. And we had three classes in the fall, and it's, it's still early days. I imagine we'll be back up to three classes mm-hmm. again, three classes of 15-ish. If somebody forgets as we mm-hmm. all do forgets mm-hmm. to sign up uh, when's the next session that they can sign so up the for? first session starts on the next session starts on january the 9th and goes to just before march break the next session after that starts uh, on the last saturday in march i think it's the 28th mm-hmm. or something like that and runs to the last saturday in may so essentially i could sign up now for the next two coming yes, up i don't yes, have to wait yes that's right. And I you think can. this is what might happen with people. I, I know how many people are forgetting to do things in this different yeah, they world. Yeah, over the holidays. But, you know, uh, registration will be open until we max out our, our, our enrollment because, because of COVID. We're limiting our class sizes to 15 kids. So right now we're aiming to run three classes of 15 for mm-hmm. a total of 45. And right now we're at 31 total. Wow. And I bet you're looking forward to the days when singing can come back to the youth Absolutely. classes. Absolutely. Uh, um, that's one of the things I miss most of all. You know, I was on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about the Young Sudbury Singers and my work here, and but also my church work and uh, the choirs that I sing in in the community. That's one thing I'm just so looking forward to being able to sing as a group again. It's not the same doing it online 
No. Uh, so it'll be great to do that again. Now, I, I know you know Lisa Way, and you have for mm-hmm. years and years. I saw something the other day on Facebook, I think, where, where they were doing a concert, and she was all, they had walls built around them, and people could see them through plexiglass. Well, and I, I, I think it's, I hope I've got this right. At Cambrian College, for example, they've built these plexiglass shells, ah. and so the, the students are still able to uh, sing and rehearse uh, behind these plexiglass uh, screens. I know at my church we have a plexiglass screen separating the music director from the rest of the congregation so that he does all the singing, mm-hmm. nobody else sings, and uh, that's separated. So, so it's all possible. It, they're, is, it is possible. They're working through it. Yeah, my sister in Norway uh, is in a large choir, and they rehearse in somewhat the same, mm. in same manner. So we're talking New Year's today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a typical thing at the Macintosh house for New well, Year's? Well, I already told you about my youth in the church, but uh, because all, most of our, we're, we're, both my wife and I are, are from southern Ontario, so usually for Christmas and New Year's, we would do a lot of traveling at that time and be down in southern Ontario with either my side of the family or her side of the family. So typical New Year's was usually spent, I think, with her side of the family, uh, in uh, in Niagara Falls, uh, so uh, but but with the kids too, right? Ah, so yes. we do their, our thing with them, and then they go to bed, and we'd be up. But like you say, at a certain point, it's no longer midnight; it becomes eleven o'clock, and so on. But last year, I want to mention this was a very special New Year's Eve. My brother's oldest daughter was expecting their first child, and she was due on Christmas Eve. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. She was born on New Year's Eve ah. last year. So that was a very, uh, two years ago, sorry. Oh. So that was a very special What, a, what a great celebration. So her, name, her middle name is Eve. Ah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Ralph, I have a magic wand today. I know mm-hmm. it looks like a pencil, but yeah. I have a magic wand. Yes. And you and Debbie are able to invite anybody in the world to have dinner with on New Year's Eve. Now, I know you'd have to discuss this, yeah. <laughs> however... Who would yeah. be a choice for you to spend a, a dinner with on New Year's Eve that you would find so incredibly interesting or entertaining or informative? Boy, Hard question. That's that's a tough question. And, and I'm busy, so don't ask yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. My mind is blank at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I I heard some of the other questions you were asking some of the other guests, and I, I had answers for those, but uh, who would I invite for, yeah, just, for New yeah, Year's Eve really, you and Deb are both so interested in music mm-hmm. and so interested mm-hmm. in the arts. Maybe it would be uh, an entertainer that you both love listening to. Well, either an entertainer or, or, or a, a politician. Now I'm thinking of because, oh. because, of course, my wife's a counselor for the city of Greater Sudbury, so we have some great political conversations. So, you know, Barack Obama would be an interesting person to, to interview. You know? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. All right, we'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. I'll check and see yeah. what they're doing next y- yeah. next New Year's for yeah. you. Ralph, thank you so much for joining us for uh, our New Year's, our special New Year's show, and I hope you and Debbie and your family have a very happy New Year. Thank you, and same to you. Remember Boney M from the late 1970s disco era? Mm-hmm. Yes, even Boney M had an old Lang Syne. Get out those disco boots. It's time to dance.
That Boney M was quite the sensation about the time Ben Whiteman was born. Ben, technical director of the Sudbury Theatre Centre, is with our Arts at Nine show today, but instead of working behind the scenes, he is sitting in the guest chair right now. Those of you on the radio can't see him, but people at Eastlink are saying, so that's what he looks like. Welcome to the guest chair, Ben Whiteman. G'day, Judy. What does a technical director do at the Sudbury Theatre Centre? Uh, well, Dennis, Dennis uh, listed off all the sort of front of house stuff earlier on. So the technical director is pretty much in charge of everything uh, backstage, usually in partnership with a production manager as well. So you have all the different departments, um, carpentry, paint and props, lights and sound. Um, uh, yeah, just the, the technical director is in charge of making sure all those departments collaborate together and to get your final product. So you have to know you have to know a bit about carpentry, a bit about this. You have to really you can't know nothing. Yeah, you you have to know. You, it's it's you don't have to be super good at it because you have staff that does it, but you you definitely have to know what they're talking about. So you, yeah, to have a little bit of experience in each of those departments would be good. Is the hardest part of your job scheduling everything so it comes in right at the right moment for showtime? Yes, because when when a show is rehearsing, they're usually in the rehearsal hall for two weeks, and we've got two weeks to to build the uh, to build the set. So. Um, the painter can't paint anything until it's been built, but then you don't want to install it because it's easy to paint when it's down on the ground. Um, sometimes scenery has uh, electrical stuff in it, lighting and whatnot. So, yeah, it is. It can be really tricky. To I just get I just get tense thinking about your job. <laughs> now, you've been here what it's about ten years at the theatre centre? Uh, no, it'll be it'll be twelve years. It'll be twelve years this January. Time flies. I arrived in two thousand nine. All right, yeah. if I say to you. What was that moment of tension where you thought we aren't going to be able to get this thing ready for 7.30 tomorrow night or whatever? What's that show? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, There's been more than one, maybe. A Christmas Story uh, was, was a tight one. Um, and even, even Christmas Carol this past, this past Christmas, um, purely because we STC's run on a skeleton crew for a long time, but... Now it's it's even smaller. So for those two shows, I was the carpenter on that, and um, yeah, it was it was up to me to to schedule and then build these these things. So I can't imagine scheduling yourself. You have arguments with yourself. <laughs> Technical director argues with carpenter. That's, that's when things get really serious when you start having those arguments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are times I I can't imagine. I'm just thinking, really, the size of the cast really isn't part of your your problem it doesn't even it doesn't matter if it's one person or 20 people your job's the same well if if it's a show where it's a musical um then it does because i'm also the sound operator the and audio engineer mixer so if it's a musical and you're doing a big one like um a christmas carol uh which had when we did that it was a huge musical a huge cast a huge band massive band massive percussion section on its own so mm -hmm. um that's a lot of a lot of mics and a lot of things to track right so um yeah when you're talking musicals then yes the size of the cast definitely comes into it but oh, otherwise not that so would be so huge yeah. um my incredibly sharp ear tells me that you weren't born in canada you'll be impressed with my ear so i'm going to say it's either iceland or kazakhstan which one is it <laughs> Uh, Kazakhstan's probably closer. Uh, you tell me where I'm from, Judy. You're, no. fr you're from Australia. No, you're wrong. I was actually born in New Zealand. 
Look but, at that. <laughs> okay. You grew up in Australia. Yes, I did. I did. My my accent is is very much Australian. Um, uh, there's probably a lot of Australians out there cringing right now because I'm, I'm from New Zealand but I have an Australian accent. Uh, I, I introduced myself as being Australian. It sounds it's, – it's, it just – it's so much easier – um, I've had people say to me, oh, I thought I could hear a little bit of the accent from New Zealand. No, I've lived in Australia since I was three. I don't have any New Zealand accent. <laughs> so for New Year's, what would you typically have done in your home country of Azerbaijan? Um, um, mm, you, because it's a different it's different weather. So what would you it do? It is. Well, you'd be outside for one because it, um, it would be uh, 35 degrees or, or hotter. Um, our, our Christmas and New Year's is, is, you know, right in the middle of summertime. So, um, yeah, outside, maybe on a beach, uh, around the fire, drinking beer, all the beer. So Sounds good. Yeah, it, it's, it's um, yeah, I miss it. I miss it. I mean, New Year's is probably the same world over, right? Just a big old party, but I'd rather be doing it outside on a beach. Yeah, and, and New Year's is a time of nostalgia. It's a time when you're saying goodbye to the old and, and saying hello to the new. And so it's a moment you probably every New Year's think about what would I be doing in Australia? Uh, it comes up. It comes up from time to time. Um, when we celebrate it now, it's um, it's out in the backyard, you know, in the cold. But I don't know. I don't want to be cooped up inside. I'd rather if I'm outside and I'm cold, then I'm not dressed properly. Right. So. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you have a plan for this New Year's? Yeah, usually we're out around the fire. Uh, my place backs onto the conservation area, so I don't really have a lot of houses around me, which is good. So we have a big fire pit, and and we usually do something with the neighbours. We have a sliding hill in our backyard that myself and my neighbour has built um, with a rope tow, complete with rope tow. It's, you have a rope tow? Oh, yeah. It's, the sliding hill's probably okay. oh, almost uh. almost 400 feet. It's it's a long it's a long. And we have other tracks coming off it. So. We are so not giving your address on this show <laughs> no. because everyone in Sudbury is going to yeah, want to go to your house. It's all lit up at night time with coloured lights and I sort of put the technical director aspect onto the sliding hill and it's it's a winter wonderland at night time. You should see it. It's just incredible. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you and Liz weren't doing that and you could invite anybody in the entire world uh, to have dinner with on New Year's Eve and, and not family. Ah. Uh, sorry, I know I shouldn't say that not family because you don't you don't see your family enough. But who is that one sort of celebrity person or whoever in the world that you would think would be interesting for your New Year's interesting. Eve? Interesting. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough question. It is. Um, I like Ralph's answer. Barack Obama. That would be good. I could say Donald Trump. I'd have a field day with that guy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be an interesting. Listen, if party. you have Donald Trump, I want to be there because I know you, Ben, and you're going to hold your own. I'm going to be there. Um, yeah, in in all seriousness, um, I I don't really know. Fa I know that's you said okay. No family. You know what? I couldn't answer the question for myself. It would have either. to be family because I haven't I haven't really been with my family in about five or six years. Oh yeah, now, so. it's tough. Yeah, for sure. Ben, it is. It has been a pleasure having you on air finally on CKLU in Eastlink. <laughs> You've helped the ratings go up all over the world, especially in Australia with our podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. We have people flocked outside the theater right now. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for continuing working behind the scenes. You do a terrific job for Thank the Sudbury Theater Center. Ben Whiteman, technical director of the Sudbury Theater Center. Happy New Year to you, Liz, and the kids. And now, one of my mother's favorite artists of all time is going to do Auld Lang Syne. Good old Kenny G with that fantastic head of hair. An American jazz saxophonist, one of the best-selling artists of all time. Enjoy Kenny G.
Well, John M., that was Kenny G. <laughs> Wish we could have played the entire thing, but a little bit of Kenny G is better than nothing at all. It is, Judy. Well, that's our, that's our New Year's show. Wow. 2020, where did it go? Where did, for, for doing, I've said it many times, for doing nothing and going nowhere, where has the time and 2020 gone? I don't know. I can't explain it either. I feel exactly the same, and I think many many of our listeners do as well. Absolutely. But I also know the older you get, the faster, faster it goes. goes, and I know that for sure. My mother said that all the time. Once you're going down the hill, it's a slippery slope, yeah. and you go really fast. You, you pick up speed. Absolutely. So we've had a, a wonderful day. Anything, any closing comments on, on Old Lang Syne? You want to sing a bit for us? <laughs> you heard enough? No, it's not one of my favorite tunes. But, you know, Guy Lombardo, and I know he's coming up. Uh, Guy Lombardo, a good, a good Canadian boy, born in London, Ontario, was, you know, Mr. New Year's Eve. Did you ever get a chance to cross paths in any way with Guy Lombardo, or he's just the wrong generation? No. He died just before I came, no, just after I came to Canada. Oh, when was that? 1977. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I had this strong feeling that my mother had gone to see Guy Lombardo. Right. I, I bet she did, then, yeah. if, if those are the yeah. years. Mm -hmm. So, thank you to everyone who made this New Year's special possible. The entire cast, the entire cast, the entire crew, the entire everything of Sudbury Theatre Centre. And don't forget Ben, who's our sound guy. Yeah, we do have to always say, and Ben Whiteman, because there's no show without Ben, that's, <laughs> that's for right. sure. And uh, what about our lineups for 2021? Well, I know there's, there's a lot of people that, that are being lined up for 2021, because we tried to get them for the end of yeah. 2020, and they said, oh, can we wait until 21? And I do want to say, without saying too much, I think we've got a tribute coming up uh, at the beginning of January sometime, but I won't say much okay. about that. A happy New Year to you, John. And a Happy New Year to you and Bill, Judy. Thank you very much. And uh, are you ready for Guy Lombardo or not? Oh. Do, you want, do, you want a, do you want a hanky or anything? Well, I, I, I'm going to leave. <laughs> happy New Year to all of you who have been listening to us. And? And here's Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadians. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year. A very happy new year.